Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to the build-up podcast on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks where we get you hyped for the sporting weekend and well, our work is going to be cut out for us this week because I think we're all on a bit of a downer after those Ireland games. Mick, we talked last week, we were on early, we were full of hope and unfortunately that hope I was going to say quickly dissipated, but it was actually really a very, very slow process. It did. It took a while. We've uh, since since the last time we spoke to you on the build up, we've had uh, three hundred minutes of Irish international football and no goals. You add in actually an under twenty one big under twenty one match to that, and it's three hundred ninety minutes and no goals. And uh, that sounds grimmer maybe than it is. There are green shoots. There look loads of hope for the future. There is a young blooded team with an exciting new manager and still the majority of the public and media and football people all behind them. Uh, let's not be too down about it, Mark. But at the same time, those stats don't sound great, do they? And it has been a long and disappointing week. It has, but maybe there's hope for the future. We're going to sit back and discuss it all with Kevin Dyle in just a few minutes to see uh, can we look forward to... Uh, the next games, which are, I think are in November, the next uh, two uh, Nations League games. So, and see what he's made of it all since the Slovakia game as well. Get his thoughts on the two Nations League game. We'll also be head, uh, looking ahead to the Premier League. It's a big weekend of Premier League action. And in fact, Mick, do you know what? Let's, for a minute, let's just park the whole um, post mortem and just look ahead to what's happened. Because, like, obviously, there's with GA, there are worries, obviously, with the changes now in terms of some of the counties going to level four and all that. But should everything go ahead and go on grand? We're looking at a big weekend of sport. Like Saturday alone, you're starting off with Liverpool Everton in the Merseyside Derby. Not then, bad. two o'clock, Monaghan are playing Kerry in the National League. Then you've got later on that evening, you've got actually you've got two under uh, football under 20 uh, All Ireland semi finals between Dublin and Tyrone at two o'clock and Galway Kerry at four o'clock. Then at half five in the Premier League, you've got Man City against Arsenal. Come seven o'clock, you've got a couple of different options. Or come um, eight o'clock, you've got Newcastle against Man United in the Premier League. You've also got Dublin against Mead at seven o'clock in the National League. And in the middle of all that as well, you've got the European Champions, Champions Cup final as well. So like, there's, there's, there's a selection for everybody. And that's just Saturday. Yeah. That's just Saturday. Yeah, it's not even counting Sunday. Look, sport is back, at least for the time being. And now that we're adding some inter-county GEA to it, it's all going to get insane. If you think this weekend is ba- is big, wait until next weekend comes around. But, uh, like, seriously, yeah. it is actually absolutely manic. But don't forget, you add all that in. You've got championship, hurling championship next weekend, and you've got Six Nations, believe it or not, <laughs> next weekend as well. So we are so close to just, like, an absolute... Like, we won't be able to talk about everything. But this weekend is such a good starting point for that. Because, fully enough, on International Weekend last week, I found myself with a lot of time on my hands on the Saturday. With not, like, yeah. you know, you're kind of saying, oh, will I watch Liechtenstein versus uh, Luxembourg? I don't know. Or, you know, I don't know whether I'll actually bother. You know, funnily enough, I might have better things to be doing. But you don't. You need, you need your sport all day Saturday, all day Sunday. At least always have the option. And it's really back this weekend properly. Like the, the, the layout you've just had there is like, how am I going to fit the Champions Cup final into all that? Yep, definitely. And look, at some of us can't leave our house. So there you go. <laughs> we don't even need to come up with an excuse to stay in and watch, watch well, all these. I can these leave sports. my house, but I can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Same as. <laughs> Not allowed to go to anybody else's house. 
Uh, later on the podcast, we'll also be playing, we're doing the big shout. I was very close to winning myself two cakes in the sports biography last week. All I needed was Ireland and Slovakia to be a one-all draw rather than a nil-all draw, and it would have came off. You say you're playing close, Mark, but at the same time, it would have required Ireland to score a goal, which kind of yeah. means you were sort of way off. <laughs> a million miles off. <laughs> uh, we'll also play a one-two-three. It's your chance to win 100 euro cash uh, on labrooks.com. We'll be playing that with Kevin Dyle as well. And Mick, you're going to have your NFL picks. They're going well enough for you this season so far. Yeah, I'd, uh, so I'm five and one for the last two weeks, two and one this week. And uh, again, picking kind of three games against the spread every week. And uh, definitely on a little bit of a roll. Uh, could have, could, you know, uh, always, always good to be on the positive side of it. And uh, well, well over 500, as they say in the States. Uh, for the year so far so one of the very very few things i can hang my hat on in terms of predictions for this podcast definitely i mentioned big shout earlier on there's a couple of seconds ago and um, i will be back in the driving seat for that this week i think i've earned myself another shot at it and we'll have lots of gea talk spoiler alert in the in my big shout uh, <laughs> later on in the podcast if you've not subscribed yet you can do so by searching the build up on balls.e and all good podcast apps please do leave a rating and a review while you're there as well but without further ado let's chat to kevin Dyle. Delighted to have Kevin Dyle on the line now. Kevin, how's it going? I'm good, lads, and yourselves? We're okay, although we were chatting just before we came off air. We're trying to decide whether we should be pessimistic pessimistic or optimistic after that uh, international break. I mean, no goals, but maybe there are signs that we're starting to turn in the right direction. Yeah, I think it's always better in life, lads, to be optimistic. Um, <laughs> and there was signs of optimism. Like... It was, we played, like, listen, it's the results. We all know the spiel, it's results and it's three points, and of course it is. But um, we haven't exactly been getting fantastic results for the last few years, um, along with poor performances. I think we had good performances in the main. Um, we created some clear-cut chances, not just, you know, half chances or, you know what, we'd better more possession, we didn't really create. We created clear-cut chances on another day. Anyone would have scored. Didn't need to be a centre-forward, you know, there were... For, Connor Horan had a great one. Just thinking the different people, they all felt it. Didn't have, it doesn't have to be your centre forward scoring your goals. You know, not many international teams. Everyone goes back. We don't have Robbie Keane anymore. You know, we don't have an out and out centre forward. Well, who does? Like international teams, apart from the top countries, you know, um, like England or Harry Kane or whatever, Lewandowski, whatever. The top few countries have top players, top goal scorers. But other than that, you know, we, no other country has a Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane was a freak. We're not going to create one overnight. It's not going to happen tomorrow. There's not going to be someone to score 50, 60, whatever he got international goals. So we have to go at what we've got, who are some very good players who will score goals, who do for, for their club. And the fact they haven't done in the last few games doesn't mean we don't have lads who can't score goals. And it's easy for everyone to say, oh, you know, joke about it and take the piss and, you know, this about Ireland, that about Ireland, and we're never going to score, bloody, bloody, blah. But I still think there was green shoots or whatever way you want to put it. Mm. It was good performances where we create chances and we will score. Um, and all over the pitch needs to score. And our defenders are very good at scoring. Shane Duffy springs to mind, but our midfielders need to score goals. And they, you know, they had great chances. We, we created good chances. And I just want to be one of the positive ones. That's... <laughs> Do you think there's any more to it than just like a weird bit of luck that like, you know, as I said, like we're not, we don't have the Robbie Keane, so we're not going to score every chance we get. But if we create 10 in the game, like we did last night, it's unusual that something wouldn't go in. Yeah. But that for that to happen, you know, we did score against Bulgaria, but for that to happen really for five games in a row, like, yeah, all I can def- see is that it's just bad luck. But of is it more to it than that? Um, no, I don't think it is. I think it's, 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 it's bad luck, plus some of those chances would have been scored if that 
I feel that monkey on the shore, monkey, whatever it is, that on okay. your, you know you haven't scored. So that split-second finish isn't as cool and calm as collected because we haven't scored. And that's what their lads have been interviewed about. And that's all the conversation. So it's a psychological thing. Um, you know, you, you, there was a few times there just thinking the Slovakia and we just put the ball in the net. We've like, you know, they were trying to nearly do the perfect goal and you're thinking, um, someone take the responsibility and I do think it's a psychological thing. And I think when that barrier is broken um, under Stephen, we score a couple of goals, we'll be fine. It's just getting through. We need to do it sooner rather than later. You know, can't go on forever. And, um, but I do think we will. It goes like that, cycles of football. If, it's the worry is, you know, you try to look for something different. You try to change something different. If we weren't creating chances, I'd say, listen, we have to do something different. We can't, it's all well and good having all this possession without creating chances, but we're creating chances. So the laws of average, whatever, um, we, will, we will put some of them away. It can't keep going on hitting the crossbar, doing different things. You know, there were periods of unluckiness, periods of, I think, um, chances where we, you know, you could tell that it was in the back of their mind. So, um, that, that will hopefully, they'll sort out, figure that out, get one, you know, break the dam or whatever, um, and it'll be fine. But um, I, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed watching the games. I thought we were positive young players trying to play good football and not just passing for the sake of it. We, we did it, mixed it up quite well. And, and that way, you know, I always wanted to play with Ireland was that, you know, aggressive from the front, starting from the first minute of the game, closing people down. We just didn't sit back and accept pressure for... 80 minutes and hope to score in the last 10 minutes from the set, set piece. We didn't score, obviously, we're going back to that, but we tried from the first minute. Slovakia game, particularly, I thought we were excellent from the first minute away from home, you know, taking the game to them. Um, and it was positive for, for, for long periods. You know, question mark on Stephen Kenny is he has to win games going forward, but I wouldn't be questioning him over this period of few games. I would, if we're here next year and I'm sitting with you end of October, and it's still, you know, we're still having this talk, but then the pressure's on him. But right now, you can see a change. You can see a positive attitude in interviews, how he talks about the team, how he talks about the players. Players seem to be playing for them. And they've just been unfortunate that, you know, they didn't score. But we hadn't been scoring up to that point anyway. We hadn't exactly been flush for goals under Mick McCarthy. Um, you know, I think percentage of them, the high percentage of them came against Gibraltar. Other than that, we weren't really scoring too many goals. So... It takes time to turn things around and get that confidence that we are a team we're going to score goals. But back simple as if we create chances like we did, we will score going forward. Yeah. One other aspect of it, probably aside from the scoring goals, one of the things that you kind of notice a bit is that we seem to make a lot of mistakes where it's kind of, you know, just a simple, like a, a simple pass or miscontrolling a simple pass is coming to let out for a throw in or something and then that's the like hand up, just apologize and go, oh, but like, what is that down to? Because it's not, it's that thing of like, when I, you hear people saying we shouldn't try and pass it around because we can't play, you know, we're not able to do that. It's like, we're well able to do that. These are, any time we've made mistakes like that, even the Darren Randolph one is like, it's a pass that he's well capable of making. It's not, you know, anything that's too testing for these players are well capable of it. So is it something that maybe just trying to get used to playing that way a bit more or that it'll go or what is the issue there? Um, I really don't know. You know, usually simple things like that are purely concentration. Um, you know, you can't, it's a difficult thing to mess up, fair enough. But yeah, as you say, a simple pass is going to stray. It's a concentration thing and you just have to keep in, there's no point in roaring at a fella for making a silly mistake. You know, he doesn't mean yeah. to do it. Uh, you have to encourage that. So you have to keep going. You can't, you know, when we're going to play this different style that, to what we would have played in the past with Ireland, you have to encourage, you have to accept mistakes, you have to accept Lads aren't going to get everything perfect, but you have to encourage and keep at it and keep doing, trying to do the right things, and you know, hope that 
95% of the stuff you do is right. You're going to make mistakes. No matter what you do in life, whatever sport, whatever way you play, um, there's going to be mistakes. There'll be no goals without mistakes. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just football and we have to accept that. And maybe we are paying more attention to it now because we're really eagle-eyed on how we're playing and how we're passing. And people are so like, look at us, we're passing. This is brilliant. People are, you know, so... So uh, really wanting to emphasize how well we played and how well we passed it that any little mistake is picked up on any little silly thing. So, you know, if you watch any team play, no matter who, whether it's Germany, Spain or whatever, if you really look at it, there's plenty of silly mistakes made, but we're just, we're maybe ultra-focused on Ireland at the moment, especially. Yeah, definitely. Close as well, if you're, if you're 50, if you're a player with 50 in midfield and you're, executing 50 passes in a game compared to the ball yeah. going over your head if you <laughs> this time last year you're going to be you're going to probably make a couple more mistakes looking uh, moving on just from Ireland to the Premier League obviously this weekend looking ahead the a couple of big matches on Saturday especially with Liverpool and Everton and then Man City and Arsenal which are in 1-2-3 which will play in a second but just quickly on the Liverpool Everton one this is probably the ideal time for Everton uh, for this Merseyside derby it's a good test for them to see are they the real deal after the start of their season and obviously Liverpool coming to the back of that. Uh, we call it a hammering to Aston Villa. 7-2 uh, win that Mick hasn't stopped talking about. I haven't mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the international break came at the wrong time for you, Mick. <laughs> Keep on top of that momentum. Um, yeah, Liverpool, That's the like. this is the, probably the biggest Merseyside derby in a long time, I'd imagine. Um, you know, all of a sudden, Everton are sort of outside contenders for the top you know, four place, top three place, top two place, depending on who you're talking to. Um, Liverpool, is it a blip against Villa or a bounce back? Is this the perfect time to play the Merseyside derby against Everton now, getting back, you know, getting back going again, right? We've big local derby game, get back on the horse. Um, and this is the perfect opportunity to write that wrong against Villa. Or is that sort of a sign of things to come for Liverpool? Um, you know, it's funny the week before how, how you know, the interview with Raikin was nearly perfect timing about how they were a bit sloppy at the back or whatever. And then, you know, yeah. they go out the following few days later and really hammer that home that they have been sloppy at the back. So, um, interesting one. That, it's a really interesting game, that. And, you know, every sort of... Everything they're sort of team everyone likes, um, you know, like to do well. Everyone likes Carlo Ancelotti and they've made some great signings. They've sneakily made some great signings. And um, all of a sudden you're looking at them going, Jesus, yeah, um, you know, they're a good team here and they, they score goals, play good football and um, it'd be an interesting game. Uh, it'd be hard to write off Liverpool after one game like that. You know, they're the champions for a reason and um, you would hope if you were a Liverpool fan that that's just a blip but still, Aston Villa scoring seven goals against you and an okay Aston Villa team. Make an okay Aston Villa team. That's okay. Not world beaters. <laughs> <laughs> It would worry you. Um, you know, it's very, very unusual. I don't know. I didn't read the, the stats on uh, when was the last time Liverpool were conceded seven goals. Little things like that. When was the last time Aston Villa scored seven goals? Um, when was the last time the champions of the Premier League conceded seven goals? 1950s. Okay, so... Very 1950s. Yeah, it, so. it would worry you a little bit. Uh, is there a bit of complacency or a bit of whatever sneaking in there? Um, so this game will tell a lot, I, I think. Um, so it's a really, really interesting one. 
Uh, looking ahead then to the one, two, three games, obviously it's uh, if your chance on labrooks.com, anybody listening to win 100 euro cash if you can correctly predict the score. Of the three following games this weekend, they're easy enough ones. First up, Man City against Arsenal. This is, this, <laughs> this is an easy one to call, Kevin. Just for everyone to know, I don't think it's ever been done. Uh, so, so don't be criticising me. I, going back to one, two, three, I, I put Ireland in to score two goals against... Um, Against Wales. Wales. I, I kept them three. What was I thinking? <laughs> but, but the ridicule I got for it from people. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm just trying to be patriotic. Like, Ireland scored two goals. It's not totally beyond the means of possibility, but the ridicule I got for it. So, um, like, God forbid I just said they wouldn't score that and I, I got awful abuse as well. But anyway, um, yeah, it's Man City Arsenal. Again, another interesting game. Arsenal, you know, started so well and a real sort of positive feel about them and Man City, the opposite. So, um, hard to back against Man City at home, though, all the same. I'm going to go for goals again. I'm going to go for a... I'm going to go for a two-all draw. There you go. Two-all draw. Mick, what are you going for? I, funny enough, have 3-2 to Man City. Okay. Goals as well. I think there'll be goals, yeah. I might go two all draw as well. I think if I like Arsenal this season. I don't think they'll yeah. beat City, but I think it'll be a, an entertaining game. I like the City Leeds game a couple of weeks ago, but maybe a couple more goals in it. Yeah, next one the up, cup as well, you know. Yeah, speaking yeah. of uh, really entertaining games, Crystal Palace and Brighton. Uh, what way is this one going to go? Uh, this is uh, this is a derby as well, isn't it? Um, yeah, they don't like each other at all. Really don't like each other. Um, I think Crystal Palace will win this game. Um, I'm going to go for a 1-0. I don't think it'll be fantastic. 1-0 Crystal Palace. Ray Hodgson is just... He's just a good manager. Um, uh, he's actually better against the big teams, um, to be honest. Big teams away from home always back Crystal Palace. We work it in the long run. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go for a 1-0, 1-0 home win there. Mick? Uh, not to go against Kevin, but I have to go with what I've already put in. Uh, I'm starting to question it now, but I've got 1-0 to Brighton. Okay. <laughs> I think I might go 1-0 Brighton as well. I've just been like you last week, Kevin. I've been patriotic just in terms of Graham Potter did us a solid uh, letting our Connolly match there in the camp. So I'm going to go with Brighton this week. Uh, and then the, another derby um, at half four on Sunday. It's Tottenham against West Ham. Tottenham, the, the, the Tottenham would be Free left with a face. I think I predicted nil all with Tottenham and Man United a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Uh, free scoring free flowing Jose Mourinho Tottenham yeah who's your score prediction here Kevin? we got that one wrong um, David Moyes Jose Mourinho wouldn't normally be a classic but you know we wrote we wrote Spurs off in that last one they scored plenty you're right um, like, there seems to be a small bit of positivity around Spurs at the moment in fairness to them in fairness to Mourinho um you know, I really thought it was totally gone tits up for them when I saw that Amazon documentary, whatever it was, and I saw his clip of him, um, the promo for that, and I just thought, oh, yeah. God, like, this is not what... Jose Mourinho would not have done this when he was at his peak of his powers. You know, he wouldn't yeah. have been starring in a documentary. We know too much about the man now. Um, so, but, yeah, in fairness, it seems to be going quite well for him to begin with. I, but then West Ham as well have surprised me a little bit. I thought they'd struggle more and so early or whatever, but they've got some good results starting off. Um I'm going to go for another draw. Let's go one all draw. One all draw, Mick. Uh, I've got three one to Spurs. I've got three one as well. Jeez, we're uh, we're on the same wavelength this week, Mick. I think that's two that's a terrible sign, one. Mark, because yeah. there's no chance both of us will do it. I've <laughs> 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 got one right in about six months. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> but there you go anybody listening can get on to labworks.com right now play one two three yourself it's free to play if you get one score right you win a euro free bet if you get two you win a five euro free bet and if you get all three you win yourself 100 euro cash Kevin thanks for joining us and we'll chat you again soon cheers lads Thanks millionaire to Kevin. He's um, he's left us a little bit more feeling, I think, a bit more positive, Mick. After uh, we were a bit down after those Ireland results, but again, it is one of those things that it's a couple of it's a couple of weeks that, in the long run, in a few years' time, that may seem not nearly as uh, arduous as as they were. No, I think the opposite, actually. I think that there's a chance that we'll look back on this really awful week of no goals and a defeat to Finland and, you know, getting knocked out of the of the Euros as actually a really positive week because it was a time when we had a lot of debutants, we had a lot of young players coming through. We had the players in their first real t- real time in the system playing three games. Uh, obviously, with all the, the COVID stuff and injuries and suspensions and everything like that, we had a lot of different players play. Felt like a long camp, even though it wasn't because there was three games which is really unusual. And, you know, I don't think we've ever played three games outside of like a tournament or something like that, you know. Um, but I think we'll look back on this and say, like, that was, this could be the week that that team clicked. It was the week that they learned how to play to, with each other. That was a learn where a new squad, a new group came together, got to know each other. You're talking about passes going astray and stuff like that. All these lads learning to play with each other, you know what I mean? No team had ever played for Ireland before um, of any of the three of them, you know what I mean? So I think that if we have a settled team in, six months or a year we could be looking back and this is the genesis of it you know and I think if things do go well I I genuinely think we could be laughing thinking do you remember we lost to Finland and we thought where is this going this is a disaster but yeah we talked about that a little bit last night on a reaction podcast which you can find in the boss podcast feed if you haven't listened to it yet and it was something I just kind of brushed on a hint uh, just mentioned briefly in terms of the younger players and then when you actually think about it you're like Jesus actually because you have Dara Shea making a senior debut. Jason Malumbi, has, has he played a senior game for Brighton yet? Um, I don't think he has, definitely not in the Premier League. Anyway, the, no, he's like, played in the he's, League Cup against Man United. Yeah, um, um, and he played, obviously, I think 40 games for Millwall last season. Yeah, but not in the Premier League for Brighton. So he's in the team. You've got Jason Knight making his debut. Aaron Connolly is still you know, only uh, learning his trade. He's still in his early days yeah. um, for his international career. Adam Ida coming on. We were hoping to change the game with the man that's actually in ahead of him at Norwich on the other side of the pitch up front of Timo Pukki. Uh, so you have so many young players that are only, you know, that are going to take time and going to get into it. And some of that, getting them that experience is a positive one. I don't think, literally all of those players I mentioned, none of them disappointed as well during the break. Definitely not. You know, and you got like even like, Curtis coming off the bench like you know he wasn't really anywhere near that team and like could have been you know and like I mean he's not he's not in the same bracket as those guys but you know I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of players that the fact that you could have you know even like Daryl Horgan starting last night out of nowhere he was a long way down the list it does feel like a deeper list in this style than in the in the previous one and that's that's something, something to be said for that as well I'm excited about the future Mark and there's nothing going to stop me and it's it, you know the thing about like Kevin making us feel better it is kind of easy to sort of stick to your ways but I do like to hear a kind of an ex-pro talk about it in that way and a pundit who's like thinking about how would I like if I was in this system this is what I, I, I would like us I to be to doing do. this. And I think it would be successful and I'd be looking forward to coming to play. And I think that that's so key, I think, to everything. If they're coming with a smile on their face into camp and looking forward to the matches for a couple of weeks beforehand, that's just going to matter so much as well. 
Yeah, I just wish it was a club team because it, it looks like it, there's. I don't want to just talk about Leeds again and Vercelo Bielsa, but there is a there's a hint of that sort of change in the culture and the way you play. And that if even when we were looking at the Slovakia game and Jeff Hendrick was kind of dropping in to a back three when we were on the ball and you had the two full fullbacks push forward, which is that's exactly the way you're looking at Guardiola Bielsa. The, Stephen Kenny, uh, as much as we want to defend him, I'm not going to call him Bielsa Guardiola just yet. But it is that kind of style of play that we're trying to let. Just you'd love to have more time with the training ground. It'll happen. It'll happen. Don't worry. They've that time. They don't forget the things that happened six weeks ago or whatever when they come back together. Yeah, exactly. Jack Charlton had the most regimented system, international or club, in the world. And say what you like about whether you liked it or not. It was incredibly successful, but it was also incredibly regimented. Stephen Kenny doesn't need to be that organised. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Ireland, Irish players were always able to do it. So um, why not do that again? Can't wait till November now. But uh, anyway, it's time to move on. It's time for a big shout. All right, hold it. Just hold it, Alan. Push him out. Steady, David, don't. Get round. No, don't. Bloody. Yes, that is the voice of Graham Taylor, which means it is big shout time. It's your chance to win two cakes and a sports biography, the most coveted prize in all of podcasting. If you can correctly give us a shout, a big shout from labrooks.com, that is 25 to 1 or great over the sporting weekend. If it comes off, you will win yourself that prize. Last week, we had no winners. I did it on the podcast. I came kind of close. I had the Ireland and Friends derby, or Ireland and Friends uh, treble, which was North Macedonia to be Kosovo. Uh, it was, I can't remember the other, who was the other, Georgia to beat someone, I can't remember. Georgia to beat uh, Belarus, I think, wasn't Belarus, it? Belarus, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, Belarus and Georgia did that. Both of them came off, but the problem that let me down was I had Ireland and Slovakia, Slovakia to be a one-all draw. Foolish me decided that Ireland were going to score. It ended up being a nil-all draw, which means that if I'd gone with a nil-all draw, I probably would have would have come off as well, like in terms of, it would have been greater 25 to 1. Yeah. Look at Connor Harrahan and Shane Duffy are your two people to blame. Shane Duffy clearing it off the line. And yeah. Connor not putting his foot through it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's a week later. I have to move on. <laughs> but Just hit the ball. Week, so what we're doing this week, Mick, is I'm going. To, I'm back doing it again. I'm getting. I'm getting another week at it here. Another shot. I'm going for an all GA uh, accumulator here, and this is kind of difficult because it's, you're not really basing it off anything because we've had what six months, seven months since the last Intercounty GA match. Yeah. But uh, we're flying back into action this weekend with the Allianz leagues. So first up. I'm looking at Saturday, Dublin to beat Meath. It's 14 to 1 on with uh, Labrooks. So you're thinking, why are you doing this, Mark? You'll see in a minute. It just This is my fifth pick to get me over the 25 to 1 mark. So that's why I'm just getting that, getting that one off to a, to a good start. Obviously, this is going to be the weekend that Meath will turn around and beat Dublin now, but we'll do it. See. They look at the other games. Uh, just looking, going up through the different divisions. In Division 4, Antrim to beat Wicklow. I think this is like Antrim's All-Ireland final, basically, to them. Um, they want to get promoted, obviously, to Division 3. I think they'll be going all out to beat... To, this will be the big match for them, like more so probably than the Ulster Championship. If they can beat Wicklow, get themselves promoted, um, it would be a massive boost for them um, in terms of the promotion. Also, they want to get revenge for that uh, Tommy Murphy Cup defeat about 15 years ago. <laughs> Well, there you go. That's added fuel to the fire there. So I'm saying Antrim to beat Wicklow. Then you've got in Division 2, I'm looking at Armagh against Roscommon. This could go either way, but when you're doing a big shout, obviously you've got to take a bit of a risk. So I'm going to say Roscommon to beat Armagh based on nothing because that Division 2 is impossible to call. It could be like it could be anyone could win that game. It's, it's, 
these gap matches, if you go back to uh, late January, February, it was one yeah. team would win. You're like, oh yeah, that's it. Amar sailing away now into Division One, and then they'd go out and get get beat the following week by whoever was bottom of the division. So it's so tough to call. But I'm gonna say Roscommon for this one. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, my memory of Division Two is that I like. Every year I'm watching it thinking, like, can Clare survive this year? And they somehow start off badly or whatever, and then somehow manage to survive or whatever. And it's because anyone can beat anyone. And it seems to be the same every year. And it's, like, even crazier this year. So, good good luck yeah. putting that into your picture. Just, I'm, now, now I'm talking about it, I'm like, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> but if Look, you're looking at Roscommon, the two... Roscommon, you hate Ros- Roscommon hate you so much that they, like, you know you have to think that karma is going to work against you here and that Roscommon, the first time you ever want Roscommon to lose or to win will be, in fact, a glorious defeat for them. Yeah. Well, just a reminder as well that people, uh, can, like the Division 2 table is mad. Roscommon, uh, Armand and Roscommon are actually top of it. They're the top two, both on seven points. So this is an important game because whoever wins this is pretty much guaranteed promotion. And then you're looking at, after that, it's Cavan on six points, Westmeath on five points, Leash on five points, Clare on, five, on four points, and Kildare on four points, and then Fermanagh on two points. Uh, so, like, it's so close. Like, every team from seventh up is still in the hunt for promotion and mm. some big games coming this weekend. So, uh, yeah, it is a difficult one to call, but look, that's the big show it is. It's a bit of fun. Um, so we're going to go with Roscommon to be Armagh and then looking into Division 2 I've got two more picks here Tyrone are playing Donegal and Division Galway are playing did I say sorry what's it Division 4 a Division no, 1 you said 2 yeah yeah alright Division Division 1 uh, uh, Tyrone playing uh, Donegal and Galway playing Mayo so Galway are actually outsiders for this game which is very hard to understand maybe I've been just swept along in Jim McGuinness um, euphoria <laughs> from from because he took a hand pass and drilled in training. Uh, but Galway are top of Division 1 on eight points. Mayo are in danger of relegation with three points from the five games so far. But Galway are 11 to 8 to beat Mayo. I think they're going to do it. They're at home as well. And then Tyrone against Donegal. Tyrone are away to Donegal. But again, I'm just going. Look, Tyrone Donegal games are really hard to call. There's only a point between them in the table, but Tyrone are third in the table at the minute. Um, so I'm going to go for Tyrone to beat Donegal just about. So this is not a straightforward, this is not an easy big shout, but uh, it's going to keep things interesting. That brings me to a total uh, with a five-fold accumulator of 24.6 to one on Labrooks. But when I use the Labrooks odds, odds boost, it gets me up to 25.8 to one, eight seven to one. So basically 26 to one, Mick. I know what you're going to say. You're not all that confident of it, about it. I know, I, well, I wouldn't expect to be, but I, I'll definitely be interested in all those games. I would agree with you on Galway. Uh, I think Tyrone is risky, uh, but I would lean that way. But again, I don't know if I'd be putting them in. And I think the Roscommon game is is risky. But sure, you got to take risks, Mark. Uh, I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, Galway are funny though because we we like before Jim McGuinness was even involved, we were talking about Galway under Joyce being this team that were had all the potential in the world. We've been talking about it for three years and just playing not that not that they were playing a game that couldn't win, but it was a game that couldn't win for them and the players that they had. And it's just like, it was so refreshing to see them early in the year and you're hoping to stick with it. You add in some kind of nouse or something that someone like an outside, you know, influence like Jim McGuinness can bring into that. Like suddenly there's just a lot of excitement there about, um, about this team. I can't understand how they're underdogs to Mayo. Now I think Mayo are, you know, they always say about like the Dallas Cowboys or something in, in when we're doing NFL in the wild, they always have public money. 
I suppose. And I think Mayo are one of those. Mayo are a very famous football team and a lot of passionate fans and a lot of, you know, I think maybe people look at that and think, oh, Mayo are in All-Ireland Finals every year for the last 30 years. They're, they're definitely going to beat Galway. You know, I don't know, but uh, I, I don't get it. Yeah, like there's also, like there definitely is an element of neutrals or whatever you call them, GA, Gaelic football fanatics getting carried away with Galway. But I don't know if we need to apologize for it. It's kind of like, oh yeah, this team, you know, Porrick Joyce, you know, just because Porrick Joyce is involved, Jim McGuinness, they're playing swashbuckling, attacking football, and oh, it's Galway, you know, that sort of, then there's that kind of Galway, what would you call it, the, the, the kind of identity that swagger. you associate with Galway, the swagger of, or not even swagger, but just what you associate with them because of the teams that they were the late 90s yeah, and Michael Donnell and Barrett through yeah. that year, that the minute there's any kind of, you know, the neutral did love them back then, and the minute there's any kind of like, oh yeah, Galway, you know, they love to play that free-flowing, brilliant football, and the minute there's any hint of it, we're all jumping on board. But like, it's one of those things, it's kind of like the Stephen Kenny thing, not to go back to it. It is. I, I was going to say are, it, and I stopped myself. Well, you're right. Yeah, people are waiting, you know, hoping, you know, giving out that, oh, yeah, they'll just, just kind of go away loving. It's like, yeah, but sorry for love. Like, sorry for getting excited about a team that are playing really attacking football or top of Division One and have the potential to possibly be Dublin. Maybe it'll all blow up in their face and they'll yeah. go down in glorious defeat. But sure, look, it's a. At least it would be entertaining to watch. But it's also the cynicism of general punditry and Twitter types is that, like, you know, you spent three years calling for this kind of change in Galway football. It's like, surely you let it see what happens and are excited about This is what you asked for. So therefore, I'm happy about it and I want to see what's happening rather than just saying, oh, now that that's the thing, I think it's shit. And I want to dismiss it and say they were better off putting 15 men behind the ball. What were they thinking? You know, so um, I know that's not quite where we are, but there is that sort of element of just like turning on the thing that you wanted because, you know, you don't want to be going along with the crowd. Yeah, I'd prefer, I was saying it on one day as well, where I was like, I'm simultaneously laughing at everybody getting really excited about Jim McGinnis taking a training session in Galway while also getting really excited about Jim McGinnis taking a training session in Galway because... I, yeah, it's, it's also just, silly season. We need game. Yeah, like, thank say, God just, the game is starting. And then, like, honestly, we've hurling championship the following week. We're going to get, like, games one way or another. No crowds, you know, like, winter fixture list that we're going to be worried about every single week and drama that's going to go along with it. And it's going to make it lesser than a little bit. But we just have to remember that we haven't had it, you know, yeah. and that we have to thank God there is something and appreciate it for that and and then also we can say look maybe we don't need to get all that excited about pictures going around from a tree of <laughs> outside the ground of jim mcginnis involved, and we can actually have matches to talk about well there, definitely hopefully it all can go ahead and everybody's safe but uh, up, uh that is it for my big shout if you want to send in your big shout you can send them to the gaffer at balls.e just put the big shout in the subject line you don't even have to put the bet on just send us a screenshot of what the odds are on Labrooks. if it comes off you'll win yourself that prize of two cakes and a sports biography it is nearly time for us to go but before we do it's time to get mix nfl picks nfl picks time mick before we get into just the picks this week for someone who hasn't been paying enough attention to this I, either someone listen or i.e. myself um, mm-hmm. fill me in like obviously we're seeing the effect that COVID has had on the Ireland team over the last week we're talking about GEA season preview and with a bit of trepidation as well because we don't know what's going to happen um, over the next couple of months 
what has it been like for the NFL teams? Yeah, it's been it's been a bit mad. Like it, it's starting to get a little out of hand. They'll hope that there's no issues this week, and um, maybe by the time you hear this, could this could change. But it doesn't seem like there is at the moment. But like it's a bit farcical. So you had the Tennessee Titans miss the game last week, and then we're still having COVID tests positive all the way through last week and so they put their game back to Tuesday where they eventually played their first game in like a week and a half against the Bills which they won they hope that their issues are behind them but they had like 20 tests or something like that the Patriots had an issue where Cam Newton tested positive they flew to Kansas City on two different planes for a game that was put back to the Monday close contacts on one plane non-close contacts on another uh they went you know they uh everything was fine they played the game and then you know um their cornerback Gilmore test positive the next morning so obviously was infected while playing the game there's a picture of him whisper like you know talking after the game shaking hands and saying well done to Patrick Mahomes you know the star of the NFL like literally an inch away from his ear, you know, and like, thankfully nothing seems to have come of that, but you're thinking, what is going on? This is just like, this doesn't work. And the reason it does, we're talking about bubbles and we're talking about everything else, NFL teams are like 53 uh, players, 52, 53, something like that players. You add like there's practice squad players as well. You're probably talking about 70, 80 guys around the arena before you bring in coaches, which is another about 20 guys, you know, and then everything else, personnel managers, that, you know, kit managers, everything like that. It's just equipment as they call it in America, but it's just crazy. It's just impossible to get too many people. You know, they're too, and um, so it's all a bit of a mess. Patriots game was called off last week. And just to give you an example of how crazy the whole thing is then, Patriots and Broncos was called off. That meant they both had to have their bye week. They have one bye week in the, in the 17 weeks of the season. You play 16 games. And in that bye week, the, uh, both of them were given kind of an emergency bye week, which meant that they had to change what was coming later in the year. The Patriots and Broncos are actually playing each other this Sunday in a rearranged game. One fixture being called off meant eight games throughout the season needed to be rearranged to make everything fit in and bye weeks change and everything like that. And it all becomes this, the NFL are adamant that they just want to make the um, Super Bowl happen when it's scheduled and every week is accounted for instead of maybe adding a week to the season or something like that for what's bound to keep happening, you know? So it all just seems, it's very precarious at the moment. Like God only knows what's going to happen, but that's where it is. If it sounds a bit hectic and chaotic, uh, it pretty much is, is, you know? Yeah. And, bloody fancy footballs all over the place because you seem to have extra there's never been Tuesday night games before so you have to push the waiver wire forward everybody's baffled Mark that being said let's pretend none of that has gone on and we're just <laughs> going to look ahead to the games and get you yeah. to pick your three teams against the spread so the New England Patriots are playing the Denver Broncos this weekend <laughs> anyway as I said I went 2-1 last week I've Again, you, you always think you're unlucky with the one you lost but uh, I, I picked uh, Washington to get within 10 points I think maybe 9 points um, of the Rams and I thought they were going along fine until their quarterback was kind of knocked out in the first half they brought back Alex Smith and the reason I do want to mention this isn't for a hard luck story for me just because Alex Smith was last seen with his leg being broken in half there was talks of him losing his leg the last time he was on an NFL field um, it was such a bad break he was um, it was just one of those stories he was he 
came back on to the field this week, brought on in the first quarter and was sacked about 45 times. It was like his first thing was to face Aaron Donald of the Rams, who people will know as like the best defensive player in the game. Um, felt sorry for him, but he was okay. And like there was just a nice thing with his, his kids and his wife were in the stands, one of the socially distant crowds that were allowed into the Washington game in the absolute pouring rain. And it was a genuinely nice sporting moment. But unfortunately, it didn't help me on my picks. Uh, so while I had Cleveland to show that they're the real deal by beating the Colts and uh, backed against the Jets with the Cardinals, which is always a good bet. Um, unfortunately, Washington let me down. So 2-1 and one last week, 3-0 and oh the week before. feel like I've got a good feel of things at the moment. Yeah. Um, so this week I'm going for the Minnesota Vikings are minus 4.5, minus 4.5 at home to the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons sacked their coach last week they've been absolutely awful so far this year and they sacked their coach they sacked their general manager there is the worry of a bounce from that but that's why I think that the spread is too small because there seems to be a kind of a feeling that Atlanta will um, bounce back somehow but I feel like we've been waiting for Atlanta to bounce back for two and a half years now and they haven't and I don't think they're good enough to so I like the Vikings there Um, so I'm going to take that one Vikings minus four and a half the other thing then is I backed the Browns last week to say that, you know, if, if they're going to show that they're for real, we had a big, long discussion about them, you know, they can get yeah. within two and a half points of the Colts. And they did. They won the game, and fair play to them. They're four and one, which is brilliant for the Browns. Yet they're in a division with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, and they haven't played either yet, so they've got four games against them. That starts against the Steelers away in Pittsburgh this week. Steelers have been very, very good so far. They're scoring a lot of points. They've got random wide receivers nobody's ever heard of. This guy Claypool got four touchdowns last week. Genuinely, I don't. I think I'd heard of him twice. You know, just in passing before that. Um, so they they're always able to turn on. They're only minus three. I think that is a very small spread. And again, I think it's probably just a little bit too generous. Too much, too much respect for the Browns there. And I think the Steelers will win that by a touchdown and they're only three points favourites. So Steelers minus three for that one. And then last one is the Tennessee Titans after their mammoth break and a lot of players having COVID. There's still players on the COVID list, but they went out and they fairly destroyed the Bills who were undefeated until Tuesday night. Now, it's a short week. They're playing Tuesday and then Sunday again, but they're playing against the Texans. Texans fired their coach and had a win. They, they finally got a win, but it was against a very poor Jags team. I think the Texans are in crisis still. They might not just know it, and I think the Titans are going to win that minus three and a half at home. So Vikings minus four and a half, Steelers minus three, and Titans minus 3.5. There you go. What happened to the Bills? Why are we going so bad after going 4-0 and and then getting, what was it, a... was it yeah. 42-16 defeat to Titans? Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I think the Bills are still a pretty good team. They're never going to, they're not there yet. They're, it's their first year with a bit of expectations on them. It was a weird week playing on the Tuesday night. And the game wasn't that one-sided. It was close up until, I think it was, uh, I think it might have been like 24-17 at one stage. And it all went, uh, it all went haywire from there. So that just happens sometimes. The Titans are a very good team. They were in the AFC Championship game last year. Beat, knocked the Patriots yeah. out. Tom Brady's last ever game for the Patriots. So don't underestimate the Titans either. The Bills will be fine. Yeah, yeah, they'll be grand. They've an easy enough game this weekend against the Kansas City Chiefs as well. So uh, <laughs> look forward to that. Do you know what? But that's only the respect I have for the Bills. The Chiefs are minus four on the Sunday night game, and I have them. They're one of my seven games underlined, and I didn't pick them. I didn't pick them. They lost last week as well. So don't forget that. So that's the respect I have for the Bills. They could give them a good game easily. 
There you go. That is it from us today. Thank you very much for listening. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, you can do so by searching the Build Up on Boss Study and all good podcast apps. Uh, please leave a rating and review while you're there as well. If you're having a bet this weekend, please do gamble responsibly. You can visit dunlewy.net for more information. But until we chat to you next week, mind yourself.